If there's one thing we know about Hampton Roads, it's that we're an amazing area with a lot of different cities and counties. But if I'm keeping it real, we've got a bit of an identity crisis. Are we Coastal Virginia? Are we 757? Tidewater? Or is it our favorite Hampton Roads? Either way, we are very connected by way of bridges and tunnels. But how well are we actually connecting on a community level? How often are we sharing our success stories and shining a light on our communities? When was the last time you met someone and really connected to what they're doing? It's okay if your answer is, I can't remember. That's why we're here. I'm Stephen Abbott. And I'm Kara Mims. We're both realtors with Abbott Realty who love to serve our community. We're here to keep it real and share all things 757. From real estate to community and everything in between. Let's get connected, Hampton Roads. All right, everybody. Well, welcome to episode one of Get Connected, Hampton Roads. I love it. So I'm here with Kara Mems, success coach and associate broker. Hello, everyone. And our guest this morning is... We need to introduce you, the amazing Stephen Abbott. Oh, don't worry about me. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Um, All right. For those of you who don't know me, great to meet you. I am Stephen Abbott. I'm the principal broker for Abbott Realty in Newport News. And our guest this morning is the amazing, it's not morning, this afternoon. It's our guest good. this afternoon is the incredible and amazing Heather Lemons, Realtor with Abbott Realty. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Rockstar Realtor. Rockstar That's her official Realtor, title. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> love it. Love it. That love it. great. All right. So uh, we're going to start this off with a little minute mashup, as Kara calls it. I like it. It's going to be fun. We might change it. So, Heather, (laughs) we're going to come in hot and fast with a lot of questions. Some of them are personal and invasive. And I know you won't squirm. I would if I were in your seat. But we're going to have fun with this. Coming in hot. So uh, stay tuned. Here we go. All right. You ready? Coming in hot. Let's do it. All right. First one, Apple or Android? Apple. Good girl. (laughs) The favorite pizza. What are the toppings? Hawaiian. Ooh. Ice cream, vanilla, chocolate, or other? Other. Wait, we'll have, what other? Yeah, we need to know details. Other would probably be like moose tracks or something like that. I could see. It's like tracks. the peanut butter cup with like some crazy stuff going on in there. You know, I mean, like you got to get creative, but like go, give me like some cold stove creamery where they like do that stuff in front of you, you know? I love it. That place is so impressive. That's I love like, it. Mm-hmm. That takes me back to middle school right there. Yeah. And you right. got to pay them so they can sing. Love it. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite book or what are you currently reading? Um, currently I'm doing, uh, all the audio type stuff because that seems to be what I only have time for. And if you make me go look it up, oh my gosh, I have too many apps. Um, it's the millionaire real estate agent. I have the paperback. Yeah, cool. That's a good read. It is. Well, I mean, that's a good listen because I do it while I'm walking in the morning. But I mean, that's all I have time for because I work too stinky much. But I mean, that's besides the point. Neither here nor there. So that's current. That's current right now. What's what's like your favorite book you've ever read? I don't know if I have like a favorite, all-time favorite book I've ever read. Like, honestly, I I mean, I love Edgar Allan Poe. Um, I actually gravitate a lot towards um, poetry and stuff like that, just to be brutally honest. Let's so, I mean, be Art of War, I mean, that kind of stuff <laughs> should not be surprised on that. Nope. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah. But that's awesome. I learned something new about you. Mm-hmm. Who is your biggest role model? Um, I would have to say my father. Oh. Yeah. Do we get to expand on that? Hear more? 
Um, so my dad is a second born Scott Irishman. I'm a third born Scott Irish woman. Um, so he instilled in me at a very young age that, you know, this country gave us a home and, you know, nothing in this life is free. And so you have to really work hard in order to earn your way, you know, and, um, just to be grateful for everything that you earn and everything that you're given in this life. And so, and to do so with honor and integrity, um, he fought in Vietnam, um, flew, I can't even remember. My husband could probably tell you because I'm having a brain fart right now. Um, I want to say it was like over 108 missions, was shot down um, eight times, received two purple hearts and a bronze star. I mean, he was legit the real deal. Um, so That's um, the total real awesome. deal. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that shines through in you 100%. Uh, the gratitude factor and the work ethic, yeah. like, I would definitely rate those as two top qualities for you. You are making him proud, honey. Thank you. Um, so you cannot say long, nice walks on the beach. No, but, <laughs> I said that's off limits. Like, but, just, no. but what is your ideal weekend? My ideal weekend, honestly, and this may be a shocker, would actually be camping. Um, I love, so Kara knows this, Stephen, you may not, um, Bush and I are complete opposites. Um, so, uh, he very much, so I'm chaos and storm and just I'm go, go, go coming in hot all the time. And Bush is very much so a grounding unit for me. And so, you know, if it's the summertime or spring, we love to go camping up in the mountains and just woosah it out. And in the wintertime, it would be going skiing and just again, woosah it out. Uh, I did not know that about you and Bush. And (laughs) it made me think we got to share with the listeners you know, not a ton about Bush professionally, but like explain who Bush is. Cause they might be thinking you're talking about like George W. or something. Oh, that, that, yeah. And a lot of people do think that that is his God given name. Um, so Bush is my husband. Um, he is currently active duty in the United States air force. Um, and so, yeah, he, you know, flies on the AWACS and does cool things and yep. <laughs> so, yep. So are you more of a glamping kind of person or an actual camping kind of person? So I glamp all the way. I stopped camping and roughing it when I got out of the military. I no longer sleep with scorpions or pee out <laughs> in the wilderness unless I absolutely have to. And there's no other like way. But I mean, yeah. make no mistake. <laughs> if I have to, I will. Yeah. Um, but I stopped that after I got out of the military. Have you glamped locally? If so, where? Um, Shenan- like, where have we not? We've gone to Shenandoah. Um, nice. We've gone to First Landing. Um, I mean, multiple places down south. Really enjoyed it um, and everything. And that's actually how we plan on PCSing or moving to Alaska is, is basically camping across the United States, up through Canada, and then on into Anchorage. That's going to be so amazing. I'm having, I'm like, <sighs> so stoked. And that's for those of you listening who don't know, she's like, how many days away from this? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, like, I'm still, I think, a little bit in denial. Are we moving? I mean, they haven't packed us out yet. It's fine. It's I refuse. Fine. Like, I, if they come, I'm cutting the tires on the moving truck. <laughs> I think we should. I mean, I, we're less than two weeks out. And I mean, I I still have a couple of people I got to get under contract. I mean, I got showings to do later today. So can't stop, won't stop. I, mean, I was going to say, that's your phrase. <laughs> I'm the little Energizer Bunny on like a lithium battery. It's fine. Y'all need somebody to carry luggage for this camping trip. Like I'm down to clown. Like get me out of the office. Let's go. Let's I can glamp. I, if, if it's straight camping, eh, but if it's glamping, I'm there. 
oh no, oh no, brother, we have a fifth wheel. The kids have their bathroom and their little bunkhouse area, and we have our area and our bathroom. It's funsies. Like, I got Bush a Blackstone and all this. I mean, like, it's straight up glamping. Very cool. All right, Kara. Sorry, I'm like monopolizing. No, no sorry, this, sorry. This even yeah. Well, this segment. is all really good intel too. <laughs> um, what is your favorite quote? Oh my goodness. Um, my favorite quote. La, 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 la. To give real service, you have to give something which cannot be bought or measured with money, and it has it's measured with sincerity and integrity. That's incredible. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that is I probably so messed it up somewhat, to be honest with you. But um, just basically, I'm a genuinely sincere and honest individual. And I just believe that, you know, in order to give genuine service, you it can't you can't measure it with money. Now, I should probably know the author of this quote. Or is that a one-off? Is that a Heather special? No, it's actually, um, and that's where I say like, oh my gosh, I feel oh, I feel so unprepared uh, in everything. That is the purpose. We want your authentic, like real life answers. So you're all good. That's right. Did not no, prep I'm, you. I, I'm like, I'm like in a quiz right now. I'm like, <laughs> 2.5 seconds and I'll. Like, oh, I should know too. This is Take it down from me. I'm like, holy manoli. Like, oh my goodness. Um. Uh, and I can't type fast enough. Do you need help? Let me see. I'll, you oh. guys, let's do this. I'll figure out who said it. There you go. We'll okay, share there it you for go. the listener. There you, you, guys, go. you okay. guys keep going for the next question. <laughs> I know. I'm like, this is going to take too long. There's a lot of dead air. <laughs> right, right. Sorry, okay. sorry. Okay. If you can multitask, which came which came first, the chicken or the egg? Holy crap. <laughs> I mean, God, why? God came first. God came first. Forget all of that. God came first. Right out of the box. God <laughs> came first. He said to heck with all of it. And then here we are. There you go. And then probably the most important question of all of them, HGTV or Bravo? HGTV all the way. But that's when I have time to watch TV. I mean, right. let's be real. Um, I think I don't ever get a chance to watch TV, like ever. I mean, I when I finally sit down to watch TV, my husband will actually look over at me and be like, are you feeling okay? Are you sick? Do I need to take you <laughs> to the doctor? Like what's going on right now? Well, you're busy with work and family and life. So understandable. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, again, the little energizer bunny. Did you find it? Yeah. And although I like, I have no idea who this individual is, but Don Alden Adams. See, that's not a familiar. I was like, yeah. I'm like <laughs> tip of the tongue. I don't know who it is, but I mean, it like, you know, honestly, it resonated with me um, years ago because it's just, I tell people all the time, um, you may not like what comes out of my mouth, but it'll always be the truth. Like, so I'll never lie to you. That's just, it. it is what it is. I feel like we bonded over that very early. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate your candor. All right. Those are all our questions. Let's move into the the main real deal while we're here. Talk about military God, I'm not in the hot seat now. Okay. I'm, I'm more prepared. Well, you're still in the hot seat. I mean, the, I'm prepared for this hot seat though. <laughs> so we're good. We're good. Bring it. Okay. All right. You want to start, sir? Okay. Sure. All right. So I know you've lived all over um, mm-hmm. through your service and through Bushes, but just out of curiosity, I'm not sure we've ever talked about where was home originally for you. So originally home is right outside of St. Louis and East St. Louis. Um, I went to school in a town called or city called Belleville, Illinois. Um, and little known fact, it actually has the longest main street in all of the United States. Um, it, like 
something miles, like nine wow. miles or something like that. Um, and then, title. yeah, I'm like, it's very random fact. Um, and then I spent my summers upside or, uh, up North in the suburbs of Chicago, um, McHenry, Illinois. Um, again, my family, it was very important that I knew my heritage and knew where I came from. Um, and so my family home where my father's family, when we immigrated to the country, they actually built that home in McHenry with their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, it was just very important that I knew that side of my family and that culture and everything and just knowing where you come from and who you are as a human being. That's outstanding. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, so, you know, throughout your family's military career, how many places have you lived? Give us some insight on what that's looked like. Um, so for, if we're just talking about Bush, it's been about seven, like coming up on seven. If we're talking about both of us, we want 11. (laughs) So 11 total, um, but I mean, some of it's been hopping back and forth, if that makes any sense, um, and everything. So 11 bases total. Um, that sounds weird because I'm like sitting here going through memory lane, um, and stuff, but, or maybe 12. Oh, son of a nutcracker. Um, but yeah, so just hopping around all over the place and everything. So yeah. Um, but a lot of places, a lot of moves. I think I know the answer to this, but what, what would you say is your favorite one? You know, honestly, and this is really funny, um, I think every duty station has lended itself differently and has been great in its in different ways. Like, um, for example, Florida, we didn't have kids yet. Does that make sense? And so it was a really great experience just to have that one-on-one time because, I mean, this is before he really got ramped up in his career and he wasn't gone a lot. Um, and, you know, I could never, I mean, Okinawa, Japan, come on. Like that was a once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, but if we're being really honest, my husband was gone. I think when we counted it up, we were there for 24 months, maybe 25. And he was there only 11 of those 25 months. Um, so he was gone all the time and I was basically in single parent mode. Um, but then oddly enough, and I, I never thought I would say this, um, Leavenworth was actually family wise, the best duty assignment we have ever had, hands down. He didn't go TDY. He was there every night for dinner. Um, He was there for our children. And it was something that I think a lot of families take for granted that are not in a high ops tempo type of a society. Like, I mean, you guys probably get to eat dinner every single night together as a family unit or more so than not. Um, You don't have to spend holidays apart or have to worry about burying a loved one without the support of your family. And that's something like we have to deal with that on the daily all the time by ourselves. And so it just honestly was the most blissful year of our marriage, of our lives, of our family lives. And I mean, I, it's something I could never just take back. If that makes sense. That makes total sense. That makes total sense. I think that's a huge part of the military experience is how much time you are away, you know, Mm -hmm. and I know that the military community is super tight, but you're having your family nearby. Like that's, that's super special. So that, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Total sense. Can I ask a follow-up question that's off script? Sorry, Kara, but like for, (laughs) for our listeners, most of all, I would Mm -hmm. say, um, wondering, are you in these duty stations for the same amount of time every time? Is it different? Mm -hmm. Like share a little more about that. 
So, and this is where it's a little different depending on like what your job is and everything else. But I mean, you know, some duty stations, we are there for less than a year. I mean, I want to say we were at Leavenworth for, I don't even think we were there a full year. I think it was like 10 or 11 months. Um, We were supposed, we were on target to be here for, you know, we went into it thinking three years and we won't even have been here a full two by the time we have to leave. Um, So it's different every place. Um, We were at Nellis, which is Las Vegas. Um, when we took that assignment, we were only supposed to be there a year or two. And then that turned out to be a four-year assignment. <sighs> Notice how I did not say that was anywhere on that list. I did see that. I did see yeah. that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like sure that was a great, like, it was very fulfilling for Bush and everything, but I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, with all of that, it was a hard, um, time of my life, if that makes any sense. Um, but um, so it's just different at every location. I will say since 2019, this is the third move my family has had to do. Um, and we have two younger kids. So, mm. you know, I mean, that's a lot on a extraordinary. Family. I mean, mm-hmm. and I think for me, uh, not being, not growing up in a military family and not having a military spouse or any, you know, military closely on that side of the family, it's like, it was so enlightening for me when Abby kind of referenced exactly what you just said. She said, you know, I'm picking my kids up and moving them every couple of years and reintroducing them, reacquainting them, you know, establishing new relationships. Um, I don't, you know, it, it crossed my mind before, but for maybe it's my phase of life that I'm in now. But when she referenced the kids aspect of it, I was like, God, that's just, it really is extraordinary. That's the only word I can think that really fits. Well, and for us too, it's like, you know, when your children reach certain milestones or certain ages, it definitely becomes harder and puts a different twist to things. Like I know when our children were younger to pick them up and move them was way easier. Like it was harder, but it was easier. If that makes any sense. It was Mm -hmm. was harder in that they were young babies and it's like, great, I'm going to fly across the world with like, I mean, Vincent wasn't even two years old when we went to Okinawa, Japan. Right. Um, and here we are taking a rotator and flying. I can't even remember. I want to say that was like 36 or 48 hours or something that that total trip was like, it was mind blowing. And by the end of it, I thought we were all going to pull our hair out, you know, um, versus now, you know, um, my children are 13 and 10 and it's like, but it's a different flavor where it's like, it, like it hurts more to have, for them to have to leave their friends. 13 is hard enough on its own. Yeah. And yes. To, to pick up and move and start over at 13. It's just profound. Yeah. You couldn't pay me enough to go back through middle, middle school. No. Just say that. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I feel you on I, that one. Yeah. I tell my daughter that all the time. I'm like, Mm-mm, nope, can pay me enough to do it, sister. I, I like mad respect for you. <laughs> can we just take a moment to shout out your you know, children? They're pretty amazing. So They are. <laughs> like, I love my kids and I'm like, I wish I could take all the credit. I can't. Um, and, you know, like, honestly, it's one of the reasons why we like, put so much effort into school systems and stuff whenever we like choose a location to live because we know those teachers are going to have such a vested interest in our children and have such a heavy hand in helping raise them and build them up into the wonderful human beings that they become and the communities that we live in, you know? And so it's just, I will say 
this community is going to be a really hard one to leave. I mean, the school systems here are just amazing. The support here is just amazing. The people here are just amazing. And I mean, it's just been really thoroughly quite a pleasurable time. Um, so it, it's going to be a hard one to leave, guys. You know, I think you. it sounds like you're always examining the support you'll have wherever you land and making your decision about where to live with it. You know, obviously you get your assignment, but you're trying to pick the community within the community that's going to give you the most support. And who could have predicted the need for that support being so great over the last two years? And what a blessing that you've been in such a good school system and not to knock any school system over another, but you know, it's like, it's always a priority I'm sure for you and proved to be so invaluable the last two years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and especially you're right with COVID times and, and everything else, you know, and I mean, our military children are automatically at a disadvantage, which a lot of people don't stop to think about because of how much we do move, you know, um, civilian children are set up more so for success and that, you know, they're in the same school system and the same testing and the same standards, you know, something that you guys probably don't think about that we automatically have to think about is, you know, the SOLs with Virginia, right? You guys, you guys stop and your kids are taught from a young age, all of the Virginia curriculum and everything else. Our kids come in and they have to learn that stuff like that in order to pass. And then, you know, like they just have to pick all this stuff up where my kids, they were also learning about Nevada and Missouri and, 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 you know what I'm saying? And so like, it's kind of like me in real estate where it's like, that's one of the, I mean, we'll get to that later, but I mean, one of the reasons why I chose Abbott, cause it's like, yeah. they get to the point where it's like, they have all this information jumbling through their heads. And that's why a school system is just so important that they, you can harness all of that and help them make sense. Absolutely. Makes total sense. Hadn't thought about that aspect. I was thinking about this just because you were gracious enough to do a training for us earlier this week. Can you share the resources that you share to your clients when they're looking as far as schools to get good intel to know, you know, to get that feedback? Do you have that Absolutely. option? Absolutely. Like right here. Like, yeah. So um, one of the big ones is School Digger. Um, I always go off and have my people look there. I also have them look on uh, Niche dot com. Um, and then the last one for Virginia specifically is Virginia.gov. Um, well, I feel like we've touched on this a little bit, but Karen, yeah, let's, let's, is it my question? Yeah, sure. Um, so you talked about the amount of support you get in Hampton Roads. And frankly, that's really wonderful to hear. Um, cause I want, I want our area to be on people's radar more than it is. I think we've got, we're kind of a well-kept secret, um, but I don't want us to be. Uh, but from your perspective, what was it like, other than the great support you got, what was it like moving to the Hampton Roads area? I hear a lot of people say, oh my God, it's so confusing because there's so much, so many different cities, et cetera. The seven cities, we joked about that earlier on this call. Uh, which seven are they, by the way, Heather? Oh my gosh, don't get me started. I'm like, wait, can I Google it? Hold on, let's go back to Google. Like, oh my goodness. No. Um, we were like really excited and it was really confusing because when people say Hampton Roads, I'm like, huh? Like when we found out we had orders here, we were just like, uh, okay, where exactly are we moving? Yeah. Huh? Huh? Where, where, what? You know? And, um, so we were like super confused. And when we like, people were like, oh, Hampton Roads. And you do go to Google it, right? You're like, you're thinking, okay, that's a city. 
right? And it's not. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're. Do you know know the history behind the term Hampton Roads? I absolutely do not know the history. Are you going to school us? Do you? Oh, school us. I've I've heard it, but. You've probably heard it from me because I'm like, I'm very passionate about it. I looked up this fun fact and now I'm like, oh, do you know? Um, It refers to the harbor. Um, so they are very deep channels coming in from the Bay are called the Hampton roads. Um, there's a whole thing about it. I'm sure the Harbor pilots would love to come on and geek out about it. Those individuals are amazing. We can have Uh, them on as guests. Oh my gosh. Like what (laughs) an incredible job. Someone I knew growing up was Harbor pilot now. And just hearing the tales, I'm like, Oh, I think I have a high stress job. Um, but yeah, so it actually goes back to our port. It's really all tied up in our port and, unintended. And, um, I guess it just became the way to refer to our area. There's a lot of, obviously we are a branding mess around here because we call it Hampton roads. And then they started with the seven, five, seven campaign. And I think that was done by the Hampton roads chamber of commerce in conjunction with the Virginia Peninsula chamber of commerce. I'm totally going to get in trouble for that, but I think they're the ones that did it together. Well, yeah, it was a collective effort. So we went with seven, five, seven, and now we got a new area code. So we can't even say that anymore. Still seven, five, (laughs) seven. I'm not putting it down. So, you know, like the name of this podcast, we're just digging in on the Hampton Roads thing. At least at Abbott, I'm like, I'm all in on that one. So I love it. It was confusing. We're like, you know. Well, there's also Tidewater. There's also Coastal Virginia. We've got a lot of names. Well, and the thing is, too, though, is it's like Tidewater. And, you know, obviously my niche is VA, right? Like, I mean, my background's with military and stuff like that. And, you know, I didn't realize that Tidewater was actually born out of here until I got stationed here. And so it's really funny when I, you know, when I talk, because obviously I have little things going on everywhere. I mean, because, yeah, um, and stuff. But uh, like someone will be like, do you know what Tidewater is? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I actually do. And yeah, did you know it was born out of the area I'm currently living at? And they're like, whoa, mind blown. I'm like, yeah, me too. Like, <laughs> So, I mean, it is it like we were really excited to move here because the amount of history and just culture, like just the East Coast is really rich in culture and history. And so, I mean, we were really, really excited to move to this this neck of the woods. We had never been stationed on the East Coast um, with the exception of the panhandle of Florida, which I do not you know, count as the East Coast. I may or may not get in trouble for that one. Uh, okay, so elaborate. Why don't you include it in the East do Coast? We, do we want to elaborate on that? I'm no. Sure. Okay. We're just going to leave that right there. I I'm agree with Stephen. You know, Sidebar later. Yes. Let's go back to how great the East Coast is, because I do think the East Coast is the best coast, but tell us more. So I, like, we just have really enjoyed our time here, and that, like, you know, just – going out and being able to do things like on the weekend, you can go to Shenandoah, Mm -hmm. right? You, you can go off and you can go skiing, Mm -hmm. you know, snowshoe, um, little known fact, my husband is like, he is from the East coast. He's from South Carolina. Um, and obviously I'm from the Midwest again, we're like fire and ice. Uh, but, uh, you know, he grew up learning how to snowboard in snowshoe. And so like one of the things that he really totally wanted to do before we left was he wanted to take the kids to snowshoe, um, to his old stomping ground, you know? So it was like mixing all of it together or like, you know, um, going to Montessori or like, you know, just so much or watching the ships come in at Fort Monroe, you know, um, you know, just all of this stuff. It, it's just, it is so rich in culture and just everything. And you're so close to DC. I mean, 
like I say every duty station is what you make of it. Like, you know, um, obviously, uh, between Bush's career and mine, like we've been around the block just a little bit, you know, like longevity wise. Um, he's going on year 16 this year. I had to think about that. I'm getting old. Sorry. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I tell younger spouses when they're like, oh my gosh, this is the first time I, I've moved or, you know, oh, what do I do? Like, this is only the second time I've I've moved. And I tell them every duty station is what you make of it. You know, and so like with this one, I mean, I will say we have never been as excited as we were. Okay, correction, we're pretty excited to go to Alaska. I'm sorry, um, but, <laughs> but um, like until Alaska, we've never been excited as we were to come here. Like to be really honest, because this again, I was like East Coast. But talk about the experience. Like, what do you, what are those things that maybe people don't know about that makes this area so fun, exciting? Like, what are the activities that they're able to take, you know, benefit of? Dude, if you want to go on a walk, like, go pick a park. You know, and I'm saying it's free. You don't even have to pay anything, right? Like, I don't even know the name of the park. My kids call it Turtle Park, where it's like, you might know the park. I don't know, Kara. But it's like this Give me a park city. Where- <laughs> Um, it's Newport News, um, and we go to the park, and we bring bread, and it's nothing but gobs and gobs of turtles in this, like, pond. And it's, like, they're, like, fighting on top of each other. I have to, like, I'm going to have to ask Bush. Um, Is it Newport but, News Park? Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's No, like, like the actual Newport. Like, where they have the celebration of lights? Um, have you ever done that? the actual name of say- Turtle <laughs> Park we take the kids to. Say, what to. direction do you drive in? I don't know. Because we're both thinking like it could be Sandy Bottom. Like they have turtles. That may be it. That may be it. But it's like they have all of these like turtles and we just dubbed it Turtle Park. I don't know. Like, look, (laughs) I'm not from these parts. Okay. We we just call it what we want to call it. And we just do it. Go for it. We're about to rename that bad boy. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to, but the kids love it. And, you know, we'll go there. Or it's like, you know, if you want to go off and go to the beach, like we were talking about Fort Monroe. I mean, Fort Monroe is honestly last summer my saving grace. Like Mm -hmm. it, it seriously, it zinned me out when I was averaging about four hours of sleep a night. Um, and like, you know, I don't know, like if it wasn't for that place, who, or, you know, just honestly going off and get in your vehicle and go watch a sunset at any, just pick a stinking direction and hit a bay, you know, um, the, like the discovery museum, uh, like obviously I have kids. So I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. And I work a lot. So, uh, but I will say a person who is way wiser than me told me shortly after moving here that I needed to take Sundays off to recharge. And I may or may not have followed that advice or at least tried to as much as I could, you know? And so we did a lot of that kind of stuff, you know, where we would just ride our bikes or like chill out because we do like to do outdoorsy type of things. Um, I am sad because one thing that was on our bucket list that we did not get a chance to do, um, it was, um, what do they call it? The graveyard for all the heads. Um, the president. Oh, in heads. Williamsburg? Oh, president. Yeah, we really yeah. wanted to do that. Um, or you could go to Virginia Beach and see the sunflowers. We did that. Like, I mean, you know, we went to go pick strawberries one time. You know, I mean, like there's apple picking. I mean, pick a farm. Like we would always <laughs> go to little farms and stuff. Again, kids. We have like, we've. We just, we have really enjoyed all the outdoorsy stuff that you could do here, you know, and there's indoorsy stuff too. I mean, the jump zones and everything. There's a sky, I did not do the skydiving. The kids in Bush did the skydiving. I did not. I was working that day. 
conveniently. Oh, I mean, again, last summer was a little busy, but yeah. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Okay. So we talked about seven cities, which is your favorite and why? So I'm with you. Hashtag love where you live. Um, And, you know, got to love Bob Marley and my Jeep and all. Live, love, laugh, or what is it? Love, laugh, live. I don't know. Yeah, Um, love, laugh. And I know it's not technically part of the seven cities, but I really do love Pocosin. Um, I alluded to it earlier. You know, I really feel like even though um, I'm a city girl and I'm used to a very fast-paced life and, again, the Energizer Bunny, and that's normally what I gravitate to, I really um, needed that slower lifestyle being here because I was go, go, go so much that, you know, when I was able to shut down, I needed to be able to shut down and like go on walks and just not have like all of the hustle and bustle. So even though it's not part of the seven cities, I really, really did like that slower pace of life, if that makes any sense. Um, with that being said, if you force me to choose one of the seven cities in a specific location, it, it would probably be Fort Monroe because we did go there a lot. Um, last summer, again, you know, averaging four hours of sleep a night, um, our military were facing a huge, huge housing crisis. Um, you know, and it was really, really difficult on a lot of them. Um, I was receiving calls from literally people all over in the world, and um, I was taking on way more buyer clients that I normally take on um, and everything. And so I needed time as well to Wusa out. And so we would go there a lot of times. And that was very interesting as well, very symbolic, if you will, um, because when we would go, we would either go on walks or whatever, or we would just go to the beach and, you know, watching the big ships go through and realizing I'm just a small thing in this big plan that he has going on, you know, and I truly believe that I am his vessel to utilize as he deems fit. So, yeah. I will say yoga on the waterfront is one of the best experiences ever. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Um, all right. So let's hope that somebody out there listening is going to be relocating to this area and they're using you or another fabulous Abbott realtor, hopefully. But regardless of that, what's the best advice you would give to someone like you that was in your shoes, relocating to the area and coming in with, you know, very little information or background about our area? How would you help yeah. it be smoother for them? Bring bug spray, sunscreen, and chafing cream <laughs> if you're coming in the summer. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, I'm not joking. Like we got here in July. Well, that would be the first thing, like the, the funny, not funny side, but like, seriously, when we got here in July, I literally was like, where did you just take me Bush? Because it was like very hot and humid. Okay. The not joking side, you know, honestly, like just realize that, you know, do your research and stuff like that of like where you're going to fit in best, you know? And, um, and, you know, get out there and experience the various things that this area has to offer, you know, um, and figure out where you're going to fit in, you know, like in your family unit will fit in. Does that make sense? Like in in everything else. And you you did a really good job with that. Like you researched and, and even for me being a local, like you would be like, well, what did you know about this? And you know, it was a, it was a very refreshing perspective because you can get used to the same old, same old. And it's like, for someone else coming in and seeing that value, like it was, it was refreshing for me. 
Well, and I think a lot of people, a lot of times too, they get hung up on, you know, the stigmatizations that may go on in their own little bubbles, if that makes any sense. And so like looking outside of that and seeing something with fresh glasses, so to speak, you know, and just, but just really looking and seeing like, where am I going to fit in and where's my tribe going to be, you know, but just educating yourself. Um, I think as a whole, we as a society don't do that very well, you know, so doing that better. Yeah, that's a great point. Very good. I think the next one's yours, right? All right. So (laughs) thank you for keeping me straight. Um, So after serving yourself for four plus years, what may, and I know you had a little bit of a segue before getting into real estate, so you can feel free to compound on that, but what made you choose real estate? So um, yeah, I got out of the military um, and I ended up going and getting my bachelor's degree in psychology and my master's degree in industrial organizational psychology. And I, you know, began with training and development. And I, you know, basically did it for Fortune 500 companies. And I did some other stuff along the way. Bottom line, I couldn't be gone 50% of the time and Bush be gone 75% of the time and us have kids. Who's going to raise the kids? I don't know, you know? Um, And both of us agreed that, you know, we're not going to sit there and pay someone else to raise the children that we desperately prayed we would have. And so, um, kind of became a stay-at-home mom for a hot second um, and everything. And not only that, it's also difficult when you move a lot, not commonly known. Uh, Our society is not set up for a military spouse to obtain gainful employment and receive the same amount of pay that like you would. Does that make sense? Like um, employers really take advantage of that because they know they can. And so can you share um, a little more about that? Like shed a light on for, absolutely. for those listening that may not understand what that means. Like absolutely. So a lot of times employers do not want to hire military spouses because they assume or fear or know that we will not be there for the long haul. Right. Or they end up hiring us and they only want to pay us a fraction of the amount of what we're worth. So I know at one point when we were in Panama City, I had an employer that shall remain nameless. I had a master's degree. I just walked away from two job offers, one of which I was going to make well over six figures a year. And the other one I was going to make just over 80000 a year. And this employer was willing to only pay me $12 an hour. Wow. That's a huge discrepancy. Mm. The cost of living in the area we were living in was substantially more in either one of those locations. So then you sit there and a lot of times and, you know, just military families, they get upset, right? Like, how can we afford to pay for childcare? When you stop and think about that, like, you know what I'm saying? You know, so we're at an immediate disadvantage, you know? Um, And then not only, we also, a lot of times will bring a different subset of skills because we've been to so many different places and we have so much different knowledge, you know? So it's just, it's just, it's way more difficult for us. Um, It's one of the reasons why um, 
presidents have gone off and they've put into effect different, um, you know, bills and stuff to help us maintain gainful employment where we can go through and we can receive um, funding to have our professional light, like get reimbursed for, you know, um, getting our licenses transferred to other states, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's also why, you know, not common knowledge prior to, I want to say, do, 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 was it 2011? We actually, anytime we would move, I would have to change my state of residency. So prior, like now I don't have to, I can maintain one state of residency, but how messed up is that? Like, I'm only going to be there for a fraction of the time, like, and yet I'm beholden to all this stuff. So we can go down a whole <laughs> diatribe with that, like, and the culture and the, and the disadvantages we're faced with. Um, I ended up going to real estate because prior to becoming a licensed realtor, a lot of times I would represent us in real estate transactions. Um, and when I didn't, uh, we would hire a realtor for sight unseen situations. What does that look for, Stephen? <laughs> I'm looking at her because I'm like, she did not represent herself. What she means to say is she would take care of the transaction right. for herself as an unrepresented <laughs> party. I was an unrepresented party <laughs> and I would take care of the transaction for my family. The compliance part. And then later you okay. became licensed. And, and, and then I later became licensed. Yes. Um, but when we would hire someone, it would be like either to do paperwork right? Or um, to go through and like when we were sight unseen. And, you know, we got burned with that a couple of times and not just a little, a lot. And, you know, one of the last times it occurred, um, it was in a state where pocket listings were allowed and um, our children were young. And bottom line, the seller was present for the video showing and the realtor we had hired to represent us for the sight unseen showing went off and basically the seller had stated, hey, don't show them this. And there was this huge hole in the wall. And there were live wires sticking out of the hole in the wall that were not capped off. And I have young children. And, well, you guys know me. That not. <laughs> that didn't fly very well. <laughs> didn't like it. And, you I know. I can't um, imagine that being a problem for you. I just, was that a problem at all? I just, it was so great. Heather's so breezy. Uh, what are you talking about? Yeah. It's not easy breezy. Yep. So, you know, bottom line, it came down to, I was being encouraged for years, even prior to that, that I should go into real estate, that many people saw I had an affinity for it. Um, and I just, I couldn't because my kids were still so young, you know, and I didn't, again, let's go back to, I didn't have the support system. I didn't have parents nearby. I didn't have grandparents nearby. My husband was gone a lot. Like, and that's something that people don't want to discuss or acknowledge, but like, it's hard being a single parent a lot, you know, and having to be everything to everyone, you know? And so. And in a new um, place every few years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's hard. It's really hard. So I finally went through and I was like, I looked at my husband and I acknowledged, I was like, look, if this is happening to us and we're extremely real estate savvy, you know, I mean, knock on wood, we've always made money on transactions, but I mean, you know, that could not happen one time. I mean, we'll see. Um, it's likely, this is you, it means you took a risk, you know, it's going to happen. A absolutely. Um, but this is happening to my brothers and sisters and I cannot abide by that. And so that's ultimately why I went into real estate. Um, will I help civilians? Absolutely. But 
I truly believe, and you know, by no means am I trying to push my beliefs down anyone else's throat. And I actually tell all of my clients that, and I tell my friends that, my colleagues, but I truly, truly believe that God called me to represent my brothers and sisters in arms and to advocate for them and to help them through this crazy thing called life in real estate. <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, the passion is That's what I was say. so evident and I just, I think you get it on a level that someone like myself could never understand it. And so the amount of value you bring to every transaction you're involved in is just so high. And I, I just love it. I'm so proud of you. Um, not that you need me to be or anything, but oh. I just am. And, you know, I'm backing up a little bit. You mentioned earlier about the the inequality in pay um, and the unwillingness of some employers to hire um military spouses, family members, et cetera, that are in an area because it's a short period of time that it, I feel like I'm learning all this as I go and just kind of been waking up to it over the last few years. Um, our marketing director said something to me when we made the hire and that person thanked me for taking a chance on them. I'm like, you're the one taking the chance on us. What are you talking about? But it was, to me, it was just an, not a chance at all. And, you know, I, I would like to think that like we did a great job on the package we offered. And um, it was just to me that they were so well qualified and brought so much to the table. It's like, this is not a chance. This is like, Oh my gosh, please accept the offer. Like I'm so excited for you to join the team, but it's, it is so important to stop and think like that. That's not the common experience. And to realize that there are some really predatory individuals out there that are, taking advantage of people that give so much to our nation. So thank you for bringing that to light on this podcast. I really appreciate it. Anytime. And it's, and it's sad. And ultimately, you know, it happens a lot. And unfortunately in our industry, Stephen, you know, and I alluded to that in our training the other day, you know, it happens a lot, a lot in our industry more so than I'd like to say, you know, and it breaks my heart, but in our culture, in the military culture, we're used to people preying on us as well. You know, um, we are just a paycheck to them. And that's why I am so passionate. Um, and it's sad that people are so predatory on our military spouses as well in, you know, a, a nine to five, for lack of better terms, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I think that our military families have to sacrifice so much, so much. you know, on the day in and day out that you know, I thank you for acknowledging that. And just because you would be surprised how many people are not capable of doing so. Well, you're, I mean, I don't even want to say something as daft as you're welcome, but it's like, you know, it's just exposure. It's opening mm -hmm. your ears and doing more listening than you do talking. And um, for me, it's just been an exposure based thing because I grew up, you know, I can own it. Like I grew up in a very privileged experience. And like, I've lived in Hampton Roads, I've lived elsewhere, but most of my life has been here. And, you know, I don't have the worldview that you do or that others might. And it's just, it's just exposure and it's being willing to be exposed to other perspectives and willing to listen. So, um, it's big for me, but I just appreciate everything you shared with me in your time here because I've learned a lot from you. Anytime. Well, you're not rid of me. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, just because the military is taking us to Alaska, which I'm still in denial about, I mean, you're still 
stuck with me. It's just the physical is moving. Uh, yeah. if, you, if you come back into this room, we're recording in separate rooms, everybody. FYI. But if you come back into this room, um, there is a gift for you and a card in it that basically says, like, I'm not willing to be rid of you. So it's not a goodbye situation. A, see you pretty soon, I hope. Yay. I love it. I love it. Awesome. And thank you for the gift. Well, one is a gag at this point, and the other is serious. <laughs> both both were supposed to be serious, but the shipper uh, really sent me something very wrong. But I'm like, yeah, it's funny now. I'll just include it. Roll with it. Yeah. Let's do it. I can't wait. Buckle this up. Gonna be You'll have a laugh. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait for all of this. <laughs> uh, who's up? Me or you? You. And which one? The, 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 my favorite one. I'm not asking that question. I will ask Thank it. Thank you. Because I want to know. I, I kind of already know because we've had you already conversations. Know but... You had so many choices of where you could go. Wait, you know, why? Why? Explain why. Because we haven't. What we haven't talked about yet is that Heather's a um, big blanking deal. Like, um, <laughs> well, I started off by correcting how we introduced her. She's a rock star, I, and they, I think they've identified like her attention to detail and her passion, how much she researched, how educated she is, how much she immerses herself in there, how much she advocates. Like yes. the girl's a bulldog. So I, I'm good with all that. <laughs> But what has been absent from what has been absent from it has been the title and the term award winning, because yes. you know to me being an award winning realtor like Heather, she had choices. I'm sure that as she started interviewing, everybody was probably a yes please, you know, because real estate brokers sometimes can um, focus on uh, production and production only. And that's not a dig. It's just a comment. And so I'm sure somebody coming into this area with her production, she'd had the 12 months prior. Everybody's like, come on. Yeah. So you had choices and we thank you that we were. (laughs) Well, so, so that is then the question with all the different options that you had. And I know how you researched. I know you did all of your homework. There were graphs, there were charts, there was like the whole shebang. And see, she does like me where, you know, it's a two-way interview, right? It is. It is. Girlfriend, you know, we're. (laughs) I say all the time, we are extra, but extra in a good way because you know Bush says extra is supposed to be a bad thing, and I'm like, says who? Like I'm, I'm extra in the good way. Like don't get upset just because I'm all that in a bag of Doritos. Okay, okay, all right. Like it is what it is. Um, so I, obviously, I've alluded to we move a lot, you know. Um, and Alaska makes state four for being licensed in, right? State seven for buying and selling in, and, and state four for being licensed in. And so I don't have the luxury of, you know, not researching a lot, right? You know, I mean, it is what it is. So um, when I get somewhere, first off, I always represent us now in a transaction because I've learned the hard way. If my brokerage isn't going to give me the assistance I need in my own transaction, how are they going to help my veterans? That would be point number one. Um, I can afford and I'm, I'm knowledgeable enough to handle my own stuff. Right. But, you know, if my veterans are going to get in a pickle, can they afford to do that? Maybe not, you know? So, um, and if my brokerage is going to leave me high and dry, well, that's, I mean, fine, but that's unacceptable to ever do that to a brother or sister in arms. Like then we're going to, we're going to have words is the nicest way to know how to put it. So good. Well, <laughs> see, I mean, I, you know, I'm growing. I know we don't have <laughs> like there is, so far, hold on. Cause I really want the answer, but so far we don't have <laughs> anything to like bleep out. We've done pretty well. 
Well, I know. <laughs> We're not done yet. No, I'm like sitting here going, how many more questions do we have? <laughs> You're Trying. doing good, honey. You're doing I know, good. I know. Whew, praise Jesus. All right. So, <laughs> so um, yes, I do research a lot. And I do, I mean, because I do move so much, I don't have the luxury of sitting on my laurels. I have to hit the ground running. Um, and I have to be able to have high production numbers um, and everything because that like a lot of times you know, like for example, the money I make this year, that's my income for this year, right? Like before I even get to Alaska because of how they do real estate. So I had to cram a year's worth of real estate in really six months for 2022, you know? And I mean, same coming here, right? So it, it's a lot, you know, you just can't stop, won't stop, Energizer bunny. So, um, for me, as you could probably tell at this point, at, at least I hope the podcast can at this point, um, honor and integrity, you know, ethics, they mean everything to me. I, that is not something I will ever compromise. I don't care what kind of pretty dangly little things someone throws in front of me. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a businesswoman. And, you know, I do have to look at my bottom line and my ROI. I mean, because I don't know any savvy business individual who doesn't, Right. But um, I also have to look at what is the culture and what is, you know, going on inside that brokerage. And um, I'm not trying to be boastful or proud, but yes, I, I did have multiple people, um, you know, really heavily recruiting me. And even after I got here, Stephen, I've had multiple people. I don't doubt Try it. very I'm hard. I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try really hard. Um and so, but bottom line, you know, I have a lot of knowledge going through the old nugget. Like we kind of talked about this earlier with the kids, right? You know, Nevada and Missouri and da, 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 da. And I needed a brokerage that could, you know, had a lot of assets um, and brokers and just different people there that could one, help me harness that. You know, when I go to a new location, it is paramount as I'm learning the, you know, metrics and everything that's going on there and what's acceptable and what's not, you know, and the different state laws and just everything, um, what I, what I can get away with. And I'm like, and as I'm recalling data and recalling facts, am I sitting here going, oh, wait, is that, is that Virginia? Nope. Just kidding. That was Missouri. Mm, that was Oklahoma. Nope. Nope. Mm -mm, that was really Illinois, you know? And so I need to be able to have one brokers at my disposal to be able to garner that information. And Abbott had that in spades. Um, Abbott has multiple managing brokers, a principal broker, um, has multiple associate brokers. And I loved that Abbott really, truly does have that family mentality. Everybody wants to help each other. The culture here, it is not cutthroat. And for me, that was paramount because, you know, I had been told from the get-go that real estate here was going to be like nothing else I had ever experienced. And that was true to its form, 100%. And, and I'm not trying to dig real estate in Virginia. It just it just was. You know what I'm saying? I think it's just how it's practiced and, and everything. Caveat emptor, seller, you know, very seller-friendly. And so I really needed that support system of that. I also loved that Abbott had so many things that it gave back to, you know, its independent contractors and that, you know, 
if you wanted, you know, help with leads, you had that. You had a marketing department that would really help you with like harnessing, like if you wanted to help things with social media or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Um, if you needed help with training, boom, you know, like just the whole shebang, your admin were there to help you. So you could have like more time to figure things out and and just like the list really did go on and on. And for me, obviously, I then had to take it a step further and I then had to interview each and every one of those people because I mean, I just can't just take people at face value. I mean, that's just, it is. I, for one, love that part of it because that's how, that's what I appreciate. Like you're making sure and checking, like it's not just lip service, but you can know, okay, I've had this connection with this person and been able to know that for themselves. So I love that. Absolutely. Well, I had to know, let's be real. I mean, again, this goes back to the business side of the house, right? Um, it's not about the money, but it is to a degree. Like if you're going to give away money, you have to like, is it going to be worth it in the end? Right. And so I had to ensure, are these, is this going to be a good fit? Because let's be real. I'm a whole lot. I mean, sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a bad way. I hope it's been a good way for y'all. But I mean, like, and because of that, I had to make sure, one, am I going to be a good fit with your culture? Like, that was here. And I knew immediately I would, right? Um, but two, am I, like, am I actually going to receive, because not trying to knock other brokerages, but there are brokerages out there that give you a lot of lip service, and they promise you the world, and they're going to give you all these things, and then they don't deliver. And I wasn't interested in that at all, like not even a little bit. And I'm like, I'm very good at discerning the truth, especially if I can get you on the phone. And so um, I just had to talk to everyone. And what sealed the deal, honestly, was you, Stephen. Um, and I think we've had this talk before. And if we haven't, I, I, I'm like, Surprise. you're about to get embarrassed. Um, Good job. Embarrassed. Okay. So, but, you know, obviously, um, due to my previous background, um, you know, both in the military and, you know, doing corporate America stuff. And because of my husband's profession, you know, I've come in contact with a lot of leadership individuals, right? And so it was paramount to me that I actually talked to you because in my opinion, you know, how a brokerage is ultimately going to be is where the leadership is, you know what I'm saying? And you're going to dictate where that culture is going to go and everything. And so I had to speak to you in order to determine, all right, where is this man taking us? What are we doing? What's going to happen? You know? And so after I spoke with you, I can honestly say you were one of the most humblest, best leaders I've ever seen in my life. It was amazing how you were never pompous. You you stayed in your lane, for lack of better terms. Not that you didn't know things. Like You are extremely knowledgeable. You have a bead on everything going on in the brokerage. But you allowed the people that like we're in charge of those facets of things, whether it be marketing or training or whatever, you deferred to those people. And that is so extremely rare in our society. It just really is. You've normally find people who are so, what's the term? Like they're peacocks, like they're so full of themselves and you've never been that person. 
And like after speaking with you, I realized how ethical and genuine and good of a person you were. I was like, all right, I'm home. Well, thanks. I am really blown away by that. I do remember talking to you on the phone though. And like, it wasn't even in my office, which would have been much more convenient, but like, I I forget the circumstance, but I was walking through the hallway and you'd called in. Maybe you were trying to get somebody else, but that person wasn't available, but you were ready for an answer. I'm not surprised. (laughs) So I was like, just give me the phone. I'll take it. And so I remember talking to you and you asked me a question about your commission and what your split would be. And I was like, you know what? Off the top of my head, I can't tell you exactly where you'll be. Let me pull it. So I just went and got a paper copy of the policy manual, like such an old dog, and flipped to the page. And I was like, yep, based on what you did last year, here's where you would be. And you're mm-hmm. like, you're the first person to like, maybe, I forget how you put it, but it was like, first straight answer you'd gotten about that on the telephone. I was like, yeah, I mean, we have a commission schedule. We pretty well stick to it. You know, that's what you do. And like, why would you put it in writing otherwise? And uh, I remember that discussion very well. And I remember thinking, she's cool. Like she really, she's doing her homework. I respect that so much. I knew you talked to Kara and to Abby and Wanda. And so I knew you were the kind of person that would do well on our team because you just, you did your homework. You asked the right questions. You were seeking the right values and you didn't just leap at the first thing that came along. I was like, I hope she comes, but I don't want to put too much pressure on her. So I tried not to sell too hard on that call and I'm glad I didn't, but you know, thank you. And it's, it's an honor to hear that from you. And it's been a delight to have you as part of this family. So thank you for picking us. Anytime. Again, you're stuck with me for a hot second. But I like yeah. that. I'm good with that. Okay. Total <laughs> love fest. I love it. Um, all right. So I feel like we did this one. I mean, we can ask it. Well, that part is important. Okay. Sure. Great. Got it. All right. So this question says, Karen just keeps me. Up um, real estate is different in every state. We know this. You told us this. Um, what are the biggest differences in real estate, specifically for Virginia? It's different from some other state. And, you know, example, the buyer beware, the caveat emptor, like you, you touched on that earlier, but can you expand a little more? Because I think we're, again, we've been in this lane a really long time. So tell us why that's so shocking. So, um, and especially in the military community, you know, so here's the weird thing, not common knowledge. And Stephen, because you're licensed in more than one state as well, like you're probably going to understand this more than what other individuals do. Um, so a lot of times, um, even though it, if it's a caveat into state, a lot of times they will line um, the rules of engagement, for lack of better terms, in regards to how the MLS and all the brokerages decide, oh, this is how we're going to practice, right? So, um, for example, in the state of Missouri, Missouri is a caveat into state as well. However, because of where we were at, um, that MLS and all those brokerages um, basically stated, hey, unless it's a rental, you have to fully disclose because Kansas was a full disclosure state. Not in regards to like what the house sold at and everything. That's like a whole nother animal, right? But like what's wrong with the house, blah, 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 all, the, all that great jazz. Okay. Yep. If it's a rental, you don't have to disclose anything. All right. So, but what makes this area so unique is that it is a caveat in tour state in the fullest. And, you know, and it is onus is 100% on the buyer. And where 
especially for military who have bought and sold in other areas, they just don't get it. They don't get that, wait, so if I close on this transaction, I can't go sue somebody after this for not telling me something or the inspector or what, huh? You know, and they don't get that onus is 100% on them. And it kind of goes back to educating, right? Um, I really feel like as a whole, we do both the buyers and and the sellers a disservice by not fully educating them as to what you do and don't have to disclose or, you know, what's going on in the transaction and the different facets of it. Um, And, you know, a lot of people, they just assume that people know what that means in regards to caveat and tour and the ramification, well, the implications and ramifications of it instead of taking the time and asking those questions such as, well, do you know what that means? And do you know what the implications of that are? Yeah. And do you know what the ramifications of that are? And um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of how it's different. And I think because of that, it has bred a culture, um, I wouldn't say of like dishonesty, but I would say more so of like, well, that's on them. You know, does that make sense? Like, I'm probably not choosing the right words. <laughs> you know, it's interesting but- because we've got our disclosures that become integrated into our contracts. And um, we direct individuals to a lot of information outlets. Um, But it's interesting to hear what you're saying. Um, What's one of the, like, how do you, how do you go above and beyond in that area in your day to day? Absolutely. So for me, um, especially with my military, it is a um, requirement not a uh, recommendation. It's an absolute requirement. I will not work with a buyer, especially if you will not take an hour out of your time to do a new buyer consultation. And in that, it is a death by PowerPoint situation because I mean, it's, <laughs> we're military, you know, we, we're just going to do it, you know? And um, we go through all of the great stuff of like, hey, here's my working hours and this is who I am and this is what I do, blah, 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 right? And then we get into the nitty gritty of like the buying process and blah, 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 blah. And some of it, if they've bought before, we may skim over, right? And like the normal generic stuff. But I really do get into like the chapter seven and the CDIF and the disclosures. And I go into the DPOR website of, hey, yo, this is all the stuff they do not have to disclose. And by the way, onus is 100% on you. It's not on the listing agent. It's not on the seller. It's not on the listing agent's brokerage. It's not on me. It's not on my brokerage. It's on you. And this is why it's so important to really do your research and to really, you know, find things out here because no, good luck suing somebody and 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 winning because it's probably not going to happen. So you really just, you have a right to due diligence in the state. And I highly advise you to take advantage exercise of that. Exercise that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in a market where a lot of people are doing, you, who hasn't heard this phrase in 2020, 2021, 2022, you know, home inspection for information purposes only. It's like, let's talk about that. I mean, let's not talk about that. Right. Like, you understand <laughs> what I'm saying, Heather. It's just, that's, that can be done well and that can be done really poorly. Yep. So I I imagine you do it very responsibly. So thank you. Well, I'll say the reason 
I love the fact that you're educating them from the beginning, because I'll be honest, that was something that I learned when I started working in real estate and working with a lot of military where they did have that perception, oh, you guys are being dishonest that you're not sharing this, you're not sharing that. And it's, well, no, I mean, that's just how it is. It's not that they're excluding anything from you. And like what Stephen mentioned, I mean, there are certain disclosures and there are certain things that they have to, you know, to share. But I quickly learned it's very different than other states where there's like literally a package of information that is supplied proactively. So oh yeah, going back to setting that expectation, because you're because you're starting that conversation from the beginning and you're equipping them with the information, you're explaining to him, explaining to them how it is done, then it also gives them the resources and the tools to be able to get what they need. Because, it's, I mean, it's still important to know. It's just done differently. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing, it, like something that I want to touch upon. You said that, like, we feel like military, we feel as if you're being dishonest. You're absolutely right. Because we don't understand. Like we didn't grow up here. We mm-hmm. we haven't lived here our entire lives. You're talking about a culture and a, a, a group of individuals who, uh, you know, have grown up and bought and sold in a lot of places that this has not been the case. Like, like the experience, the buying and selling process has not been the case as it is here, right? And so we truly feel as if the other side is being dishonest. And so it's like by having that discussion straight out of the gates, you help mitigate a lot of those feelings and you help, again, set the realistic expectations. Not only that, by having, by giving them the resources, you also, you guys know, I do a lot of sight unseen. It's it's really my specialty, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I help navigate all of that. Will I ask questions and everything for them? Absolutely. But at no point in time do I ever try to represent or be something that I am not. So if something occurs, I'm like, "Mm," I will like, I'll be like, yo, you, you need to call you lifeline. You need to call. I love that like, you're putting up your phone, <laughs> like you're I'm acting sorry, like you have I'm a phone, like, and no one can see that on the podcast. I know, you know. But that I, Heather, thank you for using the phone symbol because you right. have given me the opportunity to say what I've been needing to say for five minutes. I have to jet. This is awful, right? Because I invited you onto this podcast today, and here I am oh, bugging out early. I have a three fifty five hard stop deadline, but I don't okay. want you all to stop. This is how much I love and trust both of you. I'm leaving you with my computer. Please <laughs> shut this thing down when you finish. Oh, my God. Um, just lock it in my office. Okay. I have to take this from the car. Um, it's a Habitat for Humanity meeting, and I really gotcha. don't want to miss supporting them. So, Heather, thank you. There is this you know, fabulously wrapped gift. It makes it clear that I'm colorblind sitting in here for you. So, please... Um, Love you. Thank you for this. And I'll see you soon. Love you too. I'll say we'll edit this part out. You don't have to. (laughs) I mean, no, it's real life. Why not? This is true. This is true. Thank you both. Okay. Bye, Steven. Bye. All right. So had you said what you wanted to say about that or next question? Yeah, no, that's basically it. It's just taking the time, um, you know, for education and educating both sides, you know, um, and the seller side too, and what they have to disclose and don't have to disclose and, and how to protect them. Because again, I work with military so much. A lot of times they may want to over disclose mm-hmm. when they don't necessarily have to. Right. So you're equipping them with, with the, the right tools and the right knowledge so that they can, I mean, that's the whole thing. It's a, it's a team effort, right? Like you're bringing your expertise, your knowledge, your experience so that they can make an informed decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
All right. So because I know you are so passionate um, about your brothers and sisters, um, what, you know, I'm a local. And like I said, I I learned so much about the military community because I have, you know, worked with so many over the years. Um, And so I've learned a lot, but nothing, I don't think anything replaces actually being in, you know, in the military, right? And so from your perspective, you know, as a veteran, military spouse, working, you know, as a realtor, what what do we need to know as locals about the military community, whether it's myths that are out there or just an educational piece? I think one of the things that I've loved learning from you is just your perspective. So what can you share for locals that they can know about military? You know, um, I think for the most part, like a lot of us, how do I put this? And I haven't experienced it so much here as I have in other duty stations, but a lot of times, like, people don't want to give us a chance because they sit there and they think, well, they're only going to be here for a short period of time. And it's like, it's almost like people like, have you ever been in a room and people are like gazing over and looking for someone better to talk to? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, a lot of times I feel like in a lot of communities, that's how we're treated. And it's like, hey, we could be here for five months. We could be here for five years. Um, I think that one of the biggest myths is that, you know, um, people think that people like all families are like my family, that we are here only for a short period of time. Um, So much of that comes down to like what the active duty member's job is and, you know, are they in a high operation tempo type of thing um, or in a low operation tempo? Like they could be in in, in the medical field where like, hey, I have a friend that's like out at Nellis and I think they've been stationed there for like 10 stinking years or something like, you know, it's it's not a it's not one experience. Yes. And so, and again, I think like one of the biggest themes you will see with all of us is no matter how long we are somewhere, we genuinely just want to like leave a place better than what we found it. Like we just, we want to put our own flair. We want to sprinkle our own magic or fairy dust on it because we all bring our own flavor and our own experience and stuff. And we just desperately want to make each place a home for our family. And so it's like, you know, just accepting that and knowing that, yeah, our time may be fleeting, but, you know, we genuinely care. I mean, I don't know anyone, this is going to sound like really, I hope it doesn't sound like pompous or something, but I don't know any group of people that could be so selfless and, you know, just, give up so much, you know, move away from family, like go experience this world knowing that a lot of times they're going to do it completely alone. And they do so willingly. And they're like with a smile on their face and they take the world on every single day. Um, and not just want to continue to give that love out to other people and, you know, just, Hey, like give it back. Does that make sense? No, it does. And I echo your sentiments because I think that's why I have so much respect for military. I will be 100% honest. I don't think I could do what y'all do. I mean, to have to pick up and move and restart, I I don't like change that much, (laughs) you know? And so to your point, for you to just attack everything a thousand percent, and I see your husband and I see your kids and other, you know, military families, like when I see 
every time it's like, it's, it's a fresh new morning and okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to go a thousand percent in. I'm going to be honest. I'm sure I could if I had to, but you know, I just think of that and I'm like, y'all are rock stars, (laughs) you know, because I, I don't think that I would handle that well. I think it would be really hard. I think it'd be hard to adjust. It'd be hard to adapt. Um, And I see someone like you, I mean, you have immersed yourself into our community where it's like, you've always been here, Mm -hmm. you know, like, of course that's Heather. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. That's a gift. <laughs> that, And I'm sure that that in itself is a different experience for, you know, every person that's in the military. But, but yeah, it's, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. Well, and I will say too, is it's like, it's not always easy. I mean, you know, there's always phases of life, right? I mean, cause that's, that's life. Yeah. But I mean, and, and like I said, I haven't experienced it so much here because I mean, so many people here really have been such a blessing and so inviting and so loving. Like, I mean, I, you know, again, this one's going to be hard to leave. It really is. Like I, I could pick up the phone and I've said it more than once. Like if I was in a pickle and Bush was gone, I could pick up the phone and be like, and boom, I need help, you know? And I know any number of people would be there for my family. That has not been the case in a lot of duty stations. And I don't know, maybe it was Maybe I'm just really blessed because, you know, I chose well, like with where I lived and where I work and, you know, just the whole shebang. Um, But, and maybe other people's experiences are not mine here. I I don't know, right? I only know what I know and I only know my life, you know? But I also think you receive what you put out. You know, and so it goes back to when you're pouring out love and you're like, hey, how you doing? You know, typically you're going to get that response back, you know, like you set the mood in every room you go into. Now it might shift, right? But we're going to start from a great place. And so, you know, I, I think, I think that perspective and mindset is, is probably half the battle, which is a whole like sermon in itself, but you know, you, you do really well with that. And so I think what you're receiving is based off what you're, you're giving out, but it's still, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's still a lot of movement. It's a lot of change. It's a lot of adapting, um, that you have to be intentional. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the most of this move, you know? And so credit to you. Well, and it kind of goes back to what I said earlier, you know, younger spouses, when they're like, oh my gosh, like what, what am I going to do with this space? And and they get like really anxious. Right. And I mean, I don't know. I never really felt that. And that's probably because, you know, this is the life I've known, right. I, I was active duty and, you know, and everything else, every duty location, like every station we go to, it is what you make of it. Like home is where you make it. Like, this is just a place. Um, I constantly remind myself, especially with this upcoming PCS and, you know, knowing that, you know, TMO, here we go. Like one day pack out. <laughs> All right. Wait, what happened? <laughs> um, so much fun. Um, What's your word? Funsies? It's funsies. It's funsies. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Um, but it's just things. It's just stuff. Like we have our health. We have each other. And, you know, for the most part, everything else can be replaced. And the things that can't, I mean, we'll try to take with us. And if we can't take with us, I mean, we'll see what happens to those individuals. I mean, we'll just... <laughs> there you go. All about, all about perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So last question, um, mm-hmm. pet peeve of mine, <laughs> and I'm sure for you. Really, you missed one? N- nope. It was 
Was, okay. Yeah. No, didn't miss one. But but for the last one, um, the biggest myth that you have heard that maybe you can debunk. Um, so fun fact, 2020 legislation put into place, protected class as far as our military, right? Mm-hmm. Long overdue and was so glad to see that happen, especially since our area is saturated with both, yes. you know, active duty as well as veterans. Um, and so VA loan, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, I don't know the percentages, but it's in a lot of transactions, right? Um, so what myths have you heard, seen, witnessed that maybe you can debunk when it comes to that? You know, a big one was that it's like a subpar type, a funding type, right? Or that, you know, the like VA appraiser is going to be a different type of appraiser than what a conventional or FHA appraiser is going to be. And I'm like, eh, negative. You know, I mean, do they have to go um, and have additional training? Yes, because there's only a certain pool of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they're the same appraisers. Like, and, and there are people who think, nope, that like, they're not. Nope, there really are. They're the same ones. They pull the same comps. They pull, like, they do the same things, right? And so... Um, or that it's a subpar funding type. It's not as good as an FHA or it's not as good as a conventional. Or um, they think that like, you know, um, a conventional loan, for example, can't, you can't have Tidewater on it. And I'm like, mm, that's another negative, you know? <laughs> so, um, you know, just all of that going into it, you know, and trying to keep within guidelines so I don't get in trouble. Um, Also, no, I I do think the perception, you know, that's one of the things that I've been passionate about. We have to make sure that whether it's realtors, real estate agents, sellers, you know, when that file comes across the desk, that we're coming from a place of education, right? You can make whatever decision that you want, but I don't want it to be based off of misinformation. And so, like you said, that perception, you know, I tell people all the time, the appraisal guidelines for VA is out there. You can find out what's on there and see what, you know, what's outlined on there. But when people don't do that and they're, you know, they're speaking about things as far as a perception, you know, that's where it can be murky water. So you you voice it well. (laughs) Exactly. And that's the thing too. And it's like, or the fact that, you know, one of the things I love personally, and I've said this multiple times and I said this in the training the other day, Bottom line, the VA funding type is the only one where you know that Tidewater is about to come down. Like, and for those of listening that don't know what Tidewater is. Yeah, I was going to say, explain what Tidewater um, is just in case people don't know. Yep. So Tidewater is where the appraised value does not um, come out to be the same amount as the purchase price. It's it's lower than what the purchase price amount is. And so you can actually have that in all funding types. It's a common misconception. People think um, if an appraisal occurs on a conventional loan or FHA or whatever, that Tidewater cannot occur. It's only with VA loans. And that is not factually accurate. You can actually have Tidewater across all funding types. However, VA loans is the only one where you actually know that it's coming before it actually happens. And it's the only one that you are allowed to do a reconsideration of value and combat it prior to it coming down. Other ones, you're not even allowed to do that. It's like, have a nice day. There's your Tidewater. Bye. You know, um, and with the VA, 
they will allow you um, both the list agent and the buyer's agent to put in a Tidewater grid and provide three more additional comps to justify the purchase price um, to possibly bring it up because the appraiser is acknowledging, hey, did I miss something? What's mm-hmm. going on? Da 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 da. Right. So um, it's it's the only one where yeah you have that that going with you. So a lot of times I tell my sellers like if I'm looking at various things, hey, I I'd, I'd want to know, wouldn't you? Right. Knowledge is power. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the other thing too, that is a common misconception is that, you know, people talk about the appraisal required repairs with a VA loan and, you know, and how, well, I don't want to deal with the appraisal required repairs. Okay. Well, I mean, that can happen with other funding types as well, you know? So, um, like there are ways to combat those if they're justified. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think that's that is the big part, right? If it's justified, if it's not, like let's let's be real. If your roof is caving in <laughs> and you got you got you got some stuff going on there, right. like, you might need to repair the roof, y'all. But I mean, like if you have something else going on and it is just an egregious thing, like the appraiser somehow misses that the window is actually down and not missing. And they say that the window has to be replaced because it's missing. And really, it was just it was just left down. Right. We're good. The window's actually there. You can combat that. The veteran can combat it. Whereas with the other funding types, they can't. Like, so um, again, there's there's just different things that knowledge is power and knowing those things going into it. Um, I also want to say this is one thing that Virginia 100% does right in other states, um, in my humble opinion, do not. Um, so, you know, uh, the veteran is protected underneath the fair housing, you know, laws and everything mm-hmm. per state laws, uh, state fair housing laws. Um, and in other states, that is not the case. In other states, you know, in other states, multiple other states, the veteran is not protected at all. So I think it is amazing that Virginia took those steps um, to state, hey, you cannot discriminate against veterans here. And so that that is truly amazing. So, yeah. Go Virginia. Yep. I love that. I love that. Okay. So as we're heading out of this podcast, what are the ways that people can find you? Oh my goodness. So you can reach me on, let's see, Google business. Um, you can reach me on my Facebook page. You can reach me on my website, um, hashtag Heather Lemons realtor, um, with pretty much all of them. Instagram. I mean, it's basically hashtag Heather Lemons realtor for everything. Um, always, uh, sell is another way, 864-616-2059. And, or you can call, um, up Abbott Realty currently while I'm still here. Um, I will still continue to practice in the local area. Um, I will have to take a hot break there, though, as I transverse the area. Totally understandable. We'll give you a little bit of a break. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) a little bit. I mean, I will be out of touch as I make my way through Canada. Mm -hmm. And then as I get up and running in Alaska, I will have to update everyone once I get up there. Yeah. So, yeah. But you know, it won't change who you are, no matter what location you're in, the Heather that we see now and that has shared so much great information. That's just who you are. And that's what I appreciate about you. What you see is what you get, (laughs) you know, and I love that. 
I love that. Absolutely. I tell people all the time, like, um, you may not like what comes out of my mouth, but it's just going to be the honest truth. But it's real though. (laughs) It is. It's real. It's real. And I'm always going to be honest with you. And, you know, bottom line um, is I just truly do have a servant's heart. And I mean, I just want to help people and try to make this place a little bit better and try to help my people along the way um, and everything. So, yeah. And you have done that, sweetie. You have definitely, you have made your mark in Hampton Roads. Please know that. That warms my heart. It really does. It really does. All right. We're going to sign off before tears start because we've been doing good thus far. (laughs) Yep. We have. We have. Awesome. All right. Bye, sweetie. All right. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening and getting connected. This podcast is provided by Abbott Realty, serving Hampton Roads in real estate since 1946. Please stay connected with us on social at Abbott Realty. See you next time.